I was born in Gambela, in the middle of um, Ethiopia and South Sudan. Over there, the women are seen as a property to be sold for dowry. So women do not have much of a choice. So it was um, a very unfortunate evening, like 9 p.m. And then my mother told us, pack your things, we're going for an adventure. I was so happy. I was supposed to sleep, but I said, no, I'm going to give up my sleep for that adventure. We walked. It was a very painful walk. I thought it was going to be a very, very fun adventure. But then we walked a very dangerous forest full of wild animals, like lions. So I just kept to myself and said, oh, it's going to be fun. Let it be like morning. It's going to be beautiful. The journey went on. It was a tough one. We went through a jungle and reached this village. The war just ended there. So the only thing we had to do is just hold tight to the person next to you. Don't say a word, because if they hear you, they're going to come for you and kill you. So we just sat there, and then the next morning there was a truck that came by. It was a soldier's truck. My mom went to ask them, can we get to your truck? We're trying to go to a refugee camp in Kenya. And then the driver said, you know what, woman? I can take only one person, the little baby you're carrying and you. But the rest of the four girls, I cannot do that. You're a woman, you know, where's your husband? My mom said, can I just go, please? They're my daughters. I cannot leave them behind. Who will, who will I leave them with if I take the only little baby with me? Can I please go? The driver looked at my mom with a very fearful eye and just said, come on, lady, come on, get inside, get in. Get in before it's filled up. We got into the truck, and guess what happened? The truck broke down in the middle of the forest. The driver said, if anybody make a noise, I'm going to throw you out. So everybody, please be quiet. So we sat down, and then we could hear the hyenas like laughing. It was like, oh my god, this is scary. My mom just hold our hands tight. We reached into a refugee camp in Kenya, and my mom said, oh, we're finally here. It's a beautiful place. And you're going to go to school. Everything is going to be beautiful. And then I said to myself, no way. The houses are made of mud. How is it a beautiful place? The roof is made out of an iron. When the sun, when it's very hot, like 108 Fahrenheit, you just, it's just too hot. You can't handle it. And my mom said, oh, it's a beautiful place. In my heart, I was like, no, mom, no, this is not true. Life in the, in the refugee camp, the food was served in ration. It was really tough. So the food that you were given is according to the people in the family. If you're one person, you're given the food for one person to last you for two weeks, of which it will last you only for one week. So the life went on. And then um, I was talking to this boy, and then my uncle saw me. I looked at him and just realized that he was spying on me the whole time. I walked home, kept it to myself, 
And then my mom decided to take us to a boarding school. I attended the boarding school, and then it was time to come back home. So I came back home, and then my sister had a boyfriend. I didn't know she had a boyfriend, so one day she went out with a boyfriend, and then uh, my uncle, the same uncle that was spying on me, saw her with a boyfriend. It was very hard to find a boyfriend because if you find the boyfriend, they'll say, oh, you're going to get pregnant, and then the guys will not get enough dowries. So this is how it works. If you're a lady, they force you to get married to a person that you don't like. Why? Because of the dowry. If they have dowries, then you're free to go. You have no choice. You're a woman. What do you have? Nothing. So... The uncle went to my sister, they brought her home. They forcefully brought her home. And then my sister told me, you better dress up. I was like, wait a minute, why do I have to dress up? She just walked away and said, dress up. I was like, why are you saying that? It's evening, like 7 p.m., why should I dress up? Where am I going? It was a very fateful time. It was 7.30. And the uncle that was spying on me told me, come here, we have something to tell you, the three of you. So we were surrounded by the council of elders and they said, your sister had a boyfriend and you did not let us know, why? I did not know that she had a boyfriend. They're like, shut up, you don't have right to talk. You ask me a question, so I have to answer. Shut up. You have no right to talk to your elder like that. So I felt really depressed. And they kept talking and talking, saying a lot of stuff. If, are you pregnant? Are you? Say it right now. But we cannot answer. They talk, but they don't let you answer it. What kind of culture is that? So they finished talking, and then they came up with rules. They said, my sister, she's going to be beaten 50 times with a very huge cane. And then my second sister with 30, and poor me, I was only 13 years old. I knew nothing about boyfriends. So they said, they're going to beat me 20. And then my uncle said, I will be the one to beat you. So other people beat the other people, and then me, I'm going to beat her. I was like, okay, I'm not going to say anything. Just, I was just, a lot of questions just crisscrossed my mind. I don't know how to answer this. I don't know how to get hold of myself. So they beat my sister. She cried until she couldn't cry no more. My mom just hid herself in the room. She's a lady without a voice because women are seen as a property. Women cannot speak for themselves. So if your husband is dead, you don't have a choice at all. So my sister was beaten 50 times. My sister was beaten too. And poor me, while my uncle was beating me, he said, I'm beating you because you had sex with that guy. I was like, no, I cried. I still have the scars in my body and in my spirit too. The next day in the morning, 
They said, nobody is to speak Swahili, only Nuer. It was really painful morning. Our butts were really painful. You cannot even sit. When you sleep in the bed, you sleep laying on your belly because you can sit on your bottoms because they really hurt. That day, I decided I should cross the forbidden line. The forbidden culture of women not having a voice. The human being, there's no different. The different is the gender, but with choices, they're the same. Why can't we choose the culture that everybody benefits, not the culture that only one gender benefits? That's not the culture I was waiting for. That day, that morning, I decided I should cross the forbidden line. I said to myself, you don't deserve to be in this culture. You deserve to be in a culture where you have a voice. So I really wanted to have a baby. I have that passion of having babies. But then I look up to my culture and say, oh, I cannot have a baby with the person I love. They're going to force me to marry somebody that I do not love. So and then um, we spent 10 years in the refugee camp with a brutal culture. And finally, we made ourselves to the United States. And then I just realized that here, I can have my own voice. I have a right to choose whatever I want. <laughs> but that did not end it all. My uncle was there, my brother was there, who is very, very caught to the culture. And then I met this guy, very handsome and loving. And he wanted to have a baby too. I was like, oh my God, this is a call. Now I can have whatever I want. Because my passion was to have a baby with the person that I love, with the person that I was willingly wanted to be in a relationship. I was like, oh God, thank God I'm in America. Thank God for answering my prayers. Now I got to cross the forbidden line. So Vincent and I decided to have a baby, a very beautiful baby, and guess what? She's very adorable, very loving. <laughs> if she wants to eat, you give it to her. She's, she wants to eat it on her own. She's like 13 months. She knows how to feed herself. I'm like, oh my God, this is so beautiful. I'm so glad I have a baby with somebody that I love. And my baby will have the experience and the voice too to choose whoever they want. So when it reached the line, to cross the forbidden line, if you are there, don't turn back because of the culture. It broke my family into half. I don't speak to some of them, I speak to my mom. She's always there, she's like, I know it was a terrible night. You were beaten so hard. I didn't have a choice. I was a woman and you know how it felt. But it really hurt me. It's still in my spirit. And I'm really sorry I wasn't there to protect you. So when it comes to the time that you have the capability of crossing the line, don't go back. Just keep going forward. Go to a place where everybody benefits, not just one person. Do it. 
and you can always do it better. Thank you.